Welcome back to the Collector's Quest podcast. This is episode 110, and on this episode, Stefan, Tyler, and myself talk about organization. Last year, we gave you some New Year's new goal stuff, and this year, let's help you get those new goals organized, and we talk about what we do. So, we are talking about our shelving, how we catalog things, how we organize it once it's on the shelves. We go in kind of deep on this episode, and we just talk about what we do, and we gave some tips and like what programs we use. So we cover the gamut of game room organization stuff, and we'd love to hear some feedback on that. We'd love to hear what you guys do, so be sure to let us know. As always, if you have time, please go give us a review on iTunes. That would really help us out. Now time for the show. back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Stefan, here with Johnny, mixing up the name order. What's going Hello. on, guys? I'm second now. Good morning. I'm last somehow. How did I Good get morning. last? Happy Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, Martin Luther MLK. King Jr. Day, even. Yeah. MLK, hopefully most of you guys have it off. If not, sorry. That sucks. Either way, Johnny and I are both dying this morning. Uh, Yeah, very... Babies keep you awake, it turns out. Yep. Tyler? You know, I I stayed up till 8 a.m. playing video games because it was a three-day weekend. So, you know, my life's been pretty rough, too, guys. Uh, You feeling any sympathy for that? It's just like having a baby, let me tell you. I hate him so much. Uh, What video game were you playing, Tyler? Golf it. It's a it's a mini golf physics based game. No, fuck yeah, you, so Tyler. The, the, more, the more you go through this conversation, the more I hate you. Shut up. Yeah, uh, this is what you wasted your time doing. Golf it. Well, about half of it was Dead by Daylight, which is some multiplayer oh. horror shooter. But then I was just designing my own golf holes. It's nice and relaxing. We wasted our time sustaining human life. So that's cool. Well, shitty video games sustained me. Yeah, no so one, in a way. No one, see, but people are more interested in what Tyler did than us talking about our babies. So. That's true. Yeah. Moving Which, on. No one cares about how fucking tired anyone. You know what? Uh, I don't, I'll just tell you guys, for all of you who have children now or will have children in the future, no one gives a shit about how tired you are. Nope. Just as someone who didn't have kids and like, oh, I'm so tired with babies. All I thought was, I don't care. You literally did that to yourself. Johnny, or, uh, tell me some some drippy, gross thing that happened to you and how cute it was. Oh, I can actually tell you about a super drippy, gross thing uh, that does not involve my baby at all. It involves oh, my dog. I am it sorry, was so. Listeners. Are you guys familiar with the type of people who watch popping videos? Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm out. Just... Yeah, all right. Can we, get yeah, in, see, we just start we, the show we, over here. <laughs> Welcome to Collector's Quest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it wasn't to me. Yeah, it was a, a horrible thing that happened with my dog. I won't go through it because I also am not into that, but I know people who are totally into that whole thing, and that is not me. I find it super repugnant and uh, repudiate completely anyone who's interested in that. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, that was like a horrible thing. I had to deal with this weekend, 
And uh, there was a lot of gagging on my part. That's all oh, I'll say. Oh, <laughs> let's just change the topic to something so bad. Oh everybody God. can enjoy. Why Our first you... sponsor of the show, guys. Uh, what's your favorite sandwich cookie? It is Oreos, of course, right? And they have sent us these sample packs of the most stuff Oreo, which has like enough cream for four Oreos. And it's the best thing that's happened to me this year so far. Wait, that's not true, right? I, I'm not getting gypped out of free samples, am I? Uh, I think you can. Say no, we are anymore. not sponsored by anybody except no. for Amazon and I am Eight Bit. Yeah, all the other fake <laughs> sponsors. Yeah, uh, do we have an update on I am Eight Bit? Are those Mega Men still available? Uh, no, I was at Magfest and they told me that they sold out instantly. Uh, nope, still available. Uh, okay. I've, I've shown you pictures of the them in my cart. Still, guys. We are completely disorganized, and that is my segue into what are we talking about this week, oh, gentlemen? Now our listeners see what we were doing there with that Oreo baby, whatever we were talking about intro. Dog. Dog. Yeah. Oh, God. Just... Johnny, gonna... we need to get <laughs> organized terrible. here. We need to start organizing our thoughts and knowing what we're talking about and knowing what we've already talked about in some kind of spreadsheet that catalogs all of our games and tells us all the information that we want to know or at okay. the very least we need to organize our game rooms yeah so let's be more succinct and to just tell everyone we are talking about organization not just uh online organization not just spreadsheets not just how we track stuff but also how we physically store games because that in itself is a a good deal of organization we'll ride that high that everyone is on from a Oh man, I'm gonna mess up her name. Um, the the girl on Netflix that everyone wants to uh, emulate now, and that's uh, causing causing panics at uh, thrift shops and Sandra Salvation Bullock. Armies ever. No, it's like no, nope, we're not talking Marie, about the bird box Marie Kodo or whatever. You know, it talks about only keeping things that spark joy. Anyways, uh, she's like a Netflix phenomenon right now, and she she wrote a book huh. and. Uh, it's got basically it's got a bunch of people on mass like going through all of their shit, taking it and like getting rid of it. And uh, Salvation Armies and stuff have had a problem with the huge influx of things they are getting because they can't go through it fast enough. Man, that sounds great. If I was ever motivated to do something like that. Yeah, well, what a freeing can... experience that must be that I will never do. <laughs> yep. So uh, our listeners. Hopefully, you're keeping all the things that spark joy in your life, and those are all video games. And we want to talk to you about how to keep them, um, or at least how we do it. So, uh, I guess let's individually begin. Um, Tower, you can go ahead and start and just kind of tell us, like, you know, how do you, well, let's not talk about lists yet, but let's talk about how do you physically store all your games and do you keep everything out? Like, just kind of give us a run rundown. Well, for like 10 years, I kept everything on display at all times. Like I went away to college and I brought a small like wire cube rack to display like my NES and Sega Saturn games, even though like I'd never play them because I was at college. But, you know, I just had to have them on display at all times because because video games, they're meant to be seen. But uh, no, I if you've seen my game room, I've got these like really low walls. So all I've got to do is maximize every square foot of space. I don't have enough room or high enough ceilings to make super nice displays out of everything. So like you guys, I use the, the Atlantic Oscar 1080 shelves because those are probably the cheapest, highest capacity shelves for just both DVD and CD stuff. 
yeah, I keep everything out. I only alphabetized my NES stuff because that's the stuff I play most and I've been too lazy to organize everything else. Johnny, spark some some thing for me to talk about. I mean, should I just list more okay. shelves? I feel like that's not no, interesting. No, I, no, I, I, I don't think that's correct. I, I do think people are interested because I get asked constantly, what kind of shelves are you using? What did you store? I can't tell you just how many random messages on Instagram I've answered just about what shelves I own. So, well, you've got you're really nice at- looking shelves. It, oh, I hate people well, like you have like the super big, like not big, but like very well laid out game room and everything is so uniform. Like it yeah, could, you could be using like $25 Walmart shelves. If you had a full game room showing off 2000 games on $25 Walmart shelves, it would look pretty cool. True. Yeah. Go ahead, Stephanie. No, I was going to say like, I have, I have Atlantic Oscars too, and I have 12 of them in here. <laughs> And despite that, you know, they're not the most high end of shelves because they're all so uniform. It does make a great display. Uh, But I did want to talk about a little bit why, you know, because we kind of glossed over that the Atlantic Oscars are kind of one of the best options, but we didn't really talk about why. Uh, I think one of the big reasons for me is that, uh, you know, aside from the expense, is that they are so super modular. So they're, they're essentially designed to be able to house anything from a CD jewel case all the way up to, like, I fit almost an entire, uh, or I can fit the entire uh, 3DO box set uh, on a single shelf and still actually have a, a row of that of that gargantuan size uh, left over. So Wait, you really what? Do- the entire, th- really? Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, man, does 3DO take up less room than I thought? Maybe I should reconsider 3DO. But it's 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 five <laughs> no, it's, five five totally. tiers five tiers of that sh- of of single shelf of a, of a single shelf and it um and I still have one row left over, so I fit I fit Turbo and Virtual Boy and uh, 3DO on a single uh, Atlantic Oscar. So um, since we're talking about Oscars, so have let let's go over a few things. Okay, um, Oscars used to be better. That's the first thing you need to know. Not every Atlantic Oscar is created the same. When you are looking for them, if you want to buy them, please make sure you are finding the ones that say modular or adjustable shelving. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's a version of the Atlantic Oscar called the Elite, which is thinner, papery, not flexible shelving. It's all just DVD-sized shelves, except for the top row, which is CD-sized. I don't know why they just totally ruin that top space i would rather they've just uh made it another like a little bit taller to house more dvds because cds will fit on a dvd size shelf and he, uh, here's sorry real quick here's a fun fact about that is that not even all that is is uniform so like my i have two elites and their uh their cd space is actually going through the middle so oh yeah, yeah. mine are at the top and yours yeah. are in the middle yeah that's awful what why (laughs) um yeah so those are also very papery thin and those ones definitely need to be mounted to a wall uh if you're going to fill that up with like heavy games like you think oh games aren't that heavy but when you put like a thousand of them on a thing it gets a little bit heavy so if you don't have it mounted to a wall you will see that thing bow and then eventually break i've seen people's uh break in half you're talking the because there's yeah, the elites. I've seen them breaking okay. in half at the middle, and the shelves actually flex and break due to the flexing of the shelf. So just be very careful about that. About the Atlantic Oscars proper that we are talking about, those two have changed. Because when I first bought mine, they were 
thicker, like uh, the outside wood or, you know, particle board was thicker. And then the shelves were longer, like, uh, you know, in each cubby, they came out further. They've thinned those out. And now those aren't even uniform. So what will happen if you put two that aren't the same, um, you know, time frame, you will see like the shelves won't line up exactly because of the thinner placement. So that's a thing you have to watch out for. And so you'll read reviews on Amazon and people will say like, oh, the quality changed now. It's falling apart. Like it's uh, in the realm of flat pack furniture. You go from like Walmart level to Ikea level is kind of where it's at. None of them is super high quality, but it's not like falling apart. It's a shitty piece of flat pack furniture. Yeah. But if someone bought it and they're claiming like, you can't even put this together. This thing's ridiculous. It, It fell apart when I placed it against the wall. That person... Probably has no idea what they're doing because we have tons of these shelves and uh, and they're just stupid. Yeah, or they bought an Elite and it did fall apart on them and they just misreviewed it, which is a thing that can happen. Yeah, I guess that could happen too. Well, and another thing I think is important to note is when you're working with shelves like this, they are made to be bolted to the wall. So please do that. But a lot of their stability is is, is inferred because they expect you to bolt the thing to the wall rather than have it free-floating. So I think a lot of these people who do have these shelf collapses uh, just have them pushed up against the wall without any added support from actually bolting them to it. Uh, and that's where you run into trouble. Yeah. And this is just, here's some homeowner notes. Even if you don't own your home or you're just in an apartment, you may not have level floors. That's just the way of the world. In California after earthquakes and everything shifts here. Uh, so there's parts of my house that are a little higher, a little lower, and that's pretty common in most places. So if you just have these things, like they may look a little tilted or they won't sit like as properly as they should. Your walls may even both like where they're not exactly like people think that walls are like firm, like meet the floor at a 90 degree angle all the way to the top. That's not even necessarily true. Um, you know, your drywall could be like a little warped so it won't sit up flat flush against your wall. You may have you know, any number of issues going on with your floor in your area between your floor and your wall that will make a shelf not sit square. So use things like shims, uh, use things like spacers and go ahead and just bolt that thing. So it is, uh, mounted to a wall, nice and level because it, you know, your house can also be the issue with making the shelves not work correctly. It's just like a, a tip. Because that, that is, if, the more you build these things and the more you try to put into a space, and if you take them from one space to another, you will just notice that these things happen. And again, I can't stress enough, like, how how much better it is once you bolt something to the, you know, actually have something properly supported. I have literally suspended in the middle of a wall, upside down, one of these units. And as long as it was completely bolted to the wall, it was absolutely fine. I've got none of mine bolted to my wall. I only bolt things to the wall when they're taller than I am. Um, not even so the follow my advice, Atlanta. guys, and nothing bad will happen. Uh, uh, okay, I feel of- feel bad for you when those fall. A couple other things that I want to mention about the Oscars is that there is a foot on them, as in there the uh, the base of the unit has a support plank that comes out. Uh, about three or four inches further than the actual face of the shelf. So that's something to denote when you're trying to kind of puzzle piece them together in your 
in your game room. I'm pretty sure you're just saying that because the one that's upside down is one you built incorrectly. No, no, no. That's actually because I needed to, to suspend that from uh, above the floor because of a vent, a heating vent. And I didn't want that foot to be like hitting people in the shins. So I flipped it upside down. So it was at the top of the shelf oh, so that okay. it didn't so that it didn't hurt anybody. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that when you're browsing for these things, um, when you're uh, reading what they're actually called, they say Atlantic Oscar, but then they'll have a number, and that number is not always the same. So when we're talking about Atlantic Oscars, generally uh, we're talking about the Atlantic Oscar 1080, which is the biggest one you can get. That number is denote that number denotes how many CD jewel cases will fit on the shelf. So effectively you could you could st- store 1080 of them um and then so the smaller shell or the the smaller numbers i think there's like like a 750 or something like that uh those will actually be physically smaller shelves so uh so that's something to note when you're when you're buying uh shelves because i've seen people get uh tripped up in that because they see the smaller price tag assuming that they're they just are getting a better deal and that's not true it's just a smaller shelf yeah, and these things run uh, from anywhere from like 100 to 140, I've seen. Yeah. I mean, at top end, I've seen them at like 180. Like back in the day, they used to be like a solid 180. They used to sell them in Best Buy. And now pretty much Amazon is your go-to place for these. Yep. Uh, yeah, because I'm not... I'm not 100% sure that they're still uh, producing them, which actually also leads to issues with customer service on these, I will say. A couple times I've gotten mismatched boards where, you know, or like one of the boards that was supposed to have holes in it did not. And I had to drill my own holes because I literally couldn't contact anyone at Atlantic. Um, So just be aware that you're not going to get the greatest customer service out of these people either. What were you going to say, Tyler? Uh, like some people go around the Atlantic Oscar, probably the most recommended shelf for this kind of stuff. And some people that like, go around and be like, what else is out there besides the Atlantic Oscar? Uh, and it's a lower end shelf. Like if you want to spend more than $300, there's, there's other stuff you can buy for CDs and DVDs. The thing is, guess what doesn't really exist anymore? CDs and DVDs. So it's not like anyone is making new media shelves. Media shelves are like this dying category. If you go to Target, you'll be lucky to find like one shelf that would hold DVDs and CDs as much as an Atlantic Oscar. So that's, there's uh, not a ton of options. Yeah, that's true. It, it is a it is a dying thing. You, you used to go to Best Buy and they had an aisle dedicated to media storage. Mm-hmm. That's just not true anymore. It's just gone. So Yeah, no um, one goes to Best Buy anymore, so it's unknowable what's actually <laughs> in there. Right. So, and like Stefan was saying with the Atlantic Oscars, these things are like 100 bucks. Don't expect customer service. Just remember that this is a hundred dollars that you're probably, you know, what you, what you get is what you get. So, uh, make do, don't be afraid to, uh, use a drill. And by the way, I'll just recommend to everybody, just buy a nice drill. Like your life will be so much better. Everyone should own a drill and know how to use one. This is like adult, adulting 101. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's not the hardest thing, but you'd be surprised people like, oh, I don't own a drill. You're like, what do you mean you don't own a Go get a drill. What are you doing with your life? Um, especially if you build a bunch of stupid shelves. They're always like, don't use a drill. And I always use a drill. And that that's because if you over torque it, you will, you will strip or ruin the wood. So be careful if you don't know what you're doing with a drill. And yeah, speaking uh, of drilling, I, I basically drill all of my own uh, holes into these shelves. So because space is such an issue in my game room. So like an N64 cart 
These shelves are spaced for CDs, so I have to drill custom holes to fit the N64 cards as tight as possible. So you could do that, and then you use like uh, you just go to like Lowe's and get wooden dowels and yep. stick them in there, and there you go. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going with is that not all game cases are made even. Not everything is a CD, and not everything is a DVD case. So these media shelves aren't necessarily designed as they are modular. You can kind of make it work. Um, like if you look at Stefan and I, like we have our Saturn games and uh, Sega CD cases, right? The, that size case, both on Atlantic Oscars. Ours look different. I'm getting about an extra shelf worth out because on one of my rows, I let, I, I just, you can either drill the hole or just make it a floating shelf where it basically just sits across the top of the games. It, that's fine. You're not going to damage them that way. The weight's going to be evenly distributed. Physics is beautiful. Uh, and then I just put the next row just on top. I just use the shelf as a, a, literally as a spacer. But you could also just drill. That would be even better. Anything else you guys want to say about Atlantic Oscars and all the things you can do with them? They're great, but you know it's a $100 item in a world of furniture, and furniture is more expensive than $100. So buyer beware. Yeah, they're they're overpriced for what they are, and there's nothing better you're gonna get unless you build it yourself. Right. Uh, uh yeah, and I would recommend if like you can afford to do custom shelving and you're in a place that you're gonna be for a while, then yeah, custom shelving is great. But until you can until you are there or you're happy with the layout of your game room, you know, be very careful on custom shelving. Yeah, for me I think it was it, uh, one of the drivers was once I was bought into about th- you know three or four of these things. I was like, okay, well now I just have to keep going. So, uh, so that's how I wound up with so many. But uh, I mean, if if I were starting from from zero and I had the space I was in now, I would probably go with, with custom shelves. Yeah, but you would never start from zero. You like you wouldn't just have five thousand games and be like, I never thought about putting this on a shelf. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. That's not that's not ever the the case. Yeah. Um, customizing is pretty much like I I think I'm towards the middle or end of my collecting journey. I think I have it all mapped out. What it's going to look like. I think I would like to go to custom shelves because I can get better spacing. You could then be like, okay, this is the N64 section. It's perfectly measured out. You know, and and work with someone to do that. Over the course of it, like you're like, oh man, custom shelving is really expensive. It could be like anywhere from one to ten thousand dollars, uh, depending on how big you're going. But when you're like twelve Oscars deep, that's almost like custom shelving money. Yep. Even like making adjustable track shelves, like adjustable track shelves, you think they'd be cheap because it's just like bent pieces of flat metal, but even that is is pretty expensive to do compared to like Atlantic Oscars and crap. My entire garage has the most bootleg custom shelves you can make. So it's literally just a, a bunch of two by fours laid vertically against the wall. And then I put one by twos going across so that the back of the shelf is the wall. And the only thing supporting the game is the one by two. So it's just kind of balanced against the wall. And it's super cheap and it kind of works. It's pretty good. Uh, so if you can't build a shelf or you don't have the time or motivation to build a shelf, you could do that and you can get a lot of space for not a lot of money. Uh, it's not going to look great, but uh, you fill it up with games and people probably won't notice the shelf. They'll just be like, well, look at all those video games. That's true. Or or you could just learn to build a shelf, which is not the, the world's hardest thing to do. That's the other thing. If you're really into this and you are even like remotely handy and you own like a circular saw and uh, you know and a drill and you're like, vaguely capable, go ahead and do it. Knock them out. You're probably familiar with uh, the pictures of Nintendo Twizer's collection. He's got just a, 
a beautiful shelving area that he had in his old game room that he all custom made. The, the reason it looks so nice and perfect is because he he made that all. If you're not familiar with his collection, just go on Reddit in the gaming section. It pops up like once every three months on the top. It just did. <laughs> it's the picture I'm sure you've seen. It's like a yellowish room and it's got like nice Nintendo and Super Nintendo signs. But all that is custom. So if you're interested in how custom shelves can make a room pop and like really accentuate how your games will look, I would recommend taking a look at his collection or his old collection. My favorite part about Nintendo Twizzers, Twizzer, Twizer, I can't get it right. My favorite part about his collection is that uh, it always comes up on video game websites because it looks so cool with the custom shelves because he's got like the custom made Nintendo logo and Super Nintendo logo and a really nice Game Boy case and all of it is cart only. And I'm like, yeah, people think cart only is the coolest freaking collection out there. Yeah, they, they do. Everyone's like, yeah, this is the best. Uh, no, yeah, it's, GameStop it's really nice give you 350 Oh, I've got a Raspberry <sighs> Pi that does all that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> what a dummy. That All that will fit on a thumb drive. And you're just like, thumb drive? Johnny, what year is it? That's literally a comment I read That's on this. Don't blame me oh, for their fucking... Right. Look, when you're dealing with the lowest common denominator, like, expect the lowest common denominator comments, okay? So, expect the GameStop comment and everything. Yeah, also, also, don't go into threads and say, GameStop will give you 850 That's never been funny. Uh, maybe it was funny, like, once 10 years ago. Jesus. Like, GameStop is, like, going out of business now, and that joke is still around. <laughs> I was going to go ahead and shoot over to Stefan real quick. Is there anything specific in your game room? Tyler has his nuances. Is there any particular way you store stuff that you want to talk about? Besides, I mean, we went down the Atlantic Oscar path, but anything additionally? Yeah, I mean, uh, playing off the the shelving topic, you know, I I recently, or not recently, probably six months ago, uh, started to build inward into the open floor space. And so I think that's something that I kind of wanted to touch upon for people who feel like they are running out of space in their game room. If you're just keeping to the wall and you're just like shelf, 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 shelf all the way around the perimeter, there's a lot of open floor that you can play with. So like I have started to put uh, some of my shelves uh, with their the short edge uh, against the wall and then coming out into the open floor plane. So I have one, two, three three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine uh, Atlantic Oscars in a configuration that basically creates a cubby or a little alcove in my game room. So I have, so so then four of those shelves are kind of floating in, in towards the space, creating a doorway. And so that's just something that I wanted to mention that, that you aren't just limited to to your uh, wall space. Be a little bit creative. Uh, you don't need all of the floor space in the world when you're building out a game room. Obviously, you want some so that you can have like your couch or whatever you, you want, especially if you if you play games in your game room, unlike Johnny. Uh, and um, I've played uh, games in here. <laughs> I have but, a PVM in here. I've played <laughs> games in here. Um, but yeah, so just, just be aware that you probably have a lot more floor space than you necessarily need in the middle of your game room. So, so play with that space. It's, it's okay. I've tried it, Stefan. I'm still out of space. 
I'm going to take some credit for Stefan's little cubbies because I, I think that was based on my recommendation. Yeah, there was there, there was a lot of consultation. Uh, we were on the fo- I was on the phone with you while I was putting that together, like trying. No, to figure the, out. no, the first time I came over for a physical consult when we were, mm. when you were talking about moving stuff around. Yeah, because I had played with that idea as well, and then we talked about the back to back. That's the other thing. If you guys, if you are wondering how to get more space out of your floor and like what Stefan's talking about, uh, there's these places uh, usually in every city. <laughs> that house books. There's like a, a place where you can go and there's a bunch of books. They're called libraries. Not libraries, as you will hear many people say. There's no fruit there. Um, these are libraries and there's books in there and they have shelves everywhere. It's like a place where they just put a bunch of media on shelves in the middle of the room. So if you uh, want some some idea of how that might look or how that's done, go into one of those or look at Stefan's Game Room. Have you guys ever looked at uh, high density storage shelves that you see in like libraries or police stations? Yes. So the ones that like the ones in the Resident Evil Two in the library there, where they're all kind of stacked right up against one another, and there's only one opening, and you have to physically yep. slide the shelves. Yes. So those are really expensive, but that's kind of like the dream for me because once you get that, like yeah, the I'm- whole room can be shelves, and it's just infinite storage for games. But they're so expensive. <laughs> they are super expensive. I've looked at them uh, a bunch, and. Uh, if you guys, uh, if you're too manly for Pinterest, let me just tell you, go to Pinterest and put shelves in there or libraries in there, like home libraries as like your little pin. And you will see everybody who's ever put like a cool custom library in there to get other ideas. That's a place I go and look at and you see people's like, cause book collectors have been around for so much longer dealing with the same issue of space mm-hmm. and you see what like crazy things they've done. And uh, that's where, like, a lot of times when I when I think about building a custom home and how I would get a library, I look at those kind of things. So, also, I found it very satisfying to see a wall full of of media. So, yeah, go ahead and do that. That's a that's a thing. If you want some organizational tips, or if you want an idea of how to how to maybe get creative with your space, so Pinterest, it's a, it's a resource. I thought you were going to tell me to go look for someone on Pinterest and it's going to be like, yeah, it's this video game collector. He's got these high volume shelves and he has every game, but nope, no, tell me to look at books. Oh, books are cool too. Well, well they, but there's people with those high density shelves in yeah. there as well that they have for books, which is, yeah, that's my dream as well, Tyler. I'm just like, well, I could just do this. And then people would just see a wall of shelves and they'd be like, that's boring looking. I'm like, but wait until I open it and pull this one out. So, but uh, I don't know how many people are actually interested in that. Is it just me and you, Tyler? Probably. Probably. Hmm. Right. I don't know. Stefan's not even chiming up. But but yeah, even the, like interested. going into like even the highest end game collectors I could think of, like the last gamer has literally every video game and all his stuff is on Atlantic Oscars. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pr- he puts hundreds of thousands of dollars in the games and he's still buying these flat pack shelves. It's probably good enough for everyone to use. Yeah. He also has like some just basic bookshelves in the middle and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can see he's taking advantage of the center floor space as well. Yep. Step and more stuff you want to talk about in your game room besides the building out? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is the advantage of smart plugs and smart switches. So they're, they're cool for a number of reasons. One of which is it's just badass to to uh, turn things on with your voice. But uh, the practical uh, angle of that is is twofold. So one, if you're dealing with consoles, running them to a smart plug is a good idea because they that will actually cut 
the cut their access to the power line and because a lot of these consoles will actually slowly leach small amounts of power which isn't you know and the the televisions too uh, especially if you're using crts uh, usually that's not a problem if you only have a couple things but when you're talking about having dozens of consoles plugged into the wall at the same time that can actually pull quite a bit of ambient power uh, so if you have them connected to something like a smart plug that will actually cut them off uh, from the line, then you, when they're not on, then they won't be, they won't have any way to, to leach that power. And so you'll actually be saving money. The other reason why that's awesome um, is because if you have things connected to smart plugs, then you don't have to worry about where your light switches are uh, or any other various switches. So like, in in my game room, if you if you've seen pictures, I have these two large World of Nintendo cabinets. They're gigantic and they're they're super heavy because they're 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 original vintage. Uh, and so I have actually two of the light switches for the room uh, behind those shelves, and I have no way of accessing them. But since everything is connected to a smart switch, I don't have to have access to them. So it, it, smart switches or uh, smart plugs will give you a way to uh, to maximize wall space because you don't have to worry about making concessions for, for placement of switches or plugs. Yeah, and just go behind your TV and like touch like all your old computer and uh, console power plugs and like a lot of them are just warm and they're on 24-7 and that contributes to wear or the power supply and you probably just don't, you probably have like 17 consoles hooked up. So, you know, maybe I just don't want 17 warm power supplies in my house 24-7 that are 40 years old. Yeah, it's probably good advice. The other thing that you can do, and even on like smart plugs, if you're going to put a lot of shelves in your room, you're going to like, oh, I'm going to cover that wall outlet. There are these wonderful strip plugs you can buy now with flat cords and flat plugs. I recommend these. Like, you plug that in, it, like, either in between the shelf or cut a hole through the back of the shelf to get it, because covering plugs is kind of the worst, especially if you need those outlets. If you're never going to use that outlet, whatever, cover it up, don't think about it. But if you think it's going to be a plug maybe you need in a room, then those flat cords can go right along the baseboard. Like, a lot of times they are, the cord is thin enough to be the same width away from the baseboard as the shelves. And then you can pull that plug out to someplace where you actually can use it. So another recommendation there. So that that's cool. Stefan, more? Do you got more? Or is this I, uh, I, if you I, reached it? I, I got more, but do you want to talk for a while? <laughs> no, I'm fine. If you like, we're talking about your game room specific things you've done. So I'm, I'm happy to let you keep going. Sure. I find that the IKEA, uh, well, it used to be called Expedit, but now it's called Calyx. That line is very good for consoles. Oh, let's uh, fight about it. Oh, yeah? Because it's terrible. Are, are we going to? Yeah, yeah, we're going to okay. fight about it. <laughs> okay, so let's... Okay, I'll, I'll moderate the fight, because I don't have a, a horse in this race. Okay, just Stephen, to be clear that I'm good? a hypocrite, oh. because I'm using a 1x4 Calyx shelf for my uh, consoles right now, uh, but it's still okay. terrible. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, so why are they Stephen, great, Stephen? Why is it, yeah, why are they good? So... First of all, they're 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 very very uniform uh, in that they're they're built they're built well, and so I've never had a problem where I had any sort of variance on these units. They're all exactly the same size, unlike the uh, the Oscars, which do tend to vary by anywhere from a half an inch to an inch. Also, they're just they're in, they're incredibly sturdy. I have several 
extremely heavy CRTs and I've never, you know, sitting on top of, of my units and I've never had any problem with any sort of bowing or anything like that. They'll also fit uh, perfectly anything. I, I haven't had a console except for maybe the Neo Geo. Uh, I've never had a console. Oh no, it fits in there too. I've never had a console that, that doesn't fit in, in these cubbies. Sega so. CD, Atari 2600, Atari 5200. Uh, what right. about all so, the modern consoles? PS3, okay, Xbox 360. Uh, they cover up the exhaust ports. Let me let me intervene before you before we go to you, Tyler. Okay, so if you guys aren't familiar with these, these are the cube shaped ones. They're thirteen and a half by thirteen and a half inch shelves. That's the that's the dimensions every which way. So that's your your length, width, and height dimension. Is that perfect little cubes? They are pretty handy. Lots of times you'll see people with baskets in them and stuff. Uh, Board game collectors use them a lot if you're not sure. They come in multiple sizes. You know, you've got 1x4, 2x4, 3x4, 4x4, and they used to make even a 5x4. And that's just how many cubes tall five and long five. it is. Five or 5x5, five five. Five, yeah. Sorry, 5x5, five five. yeah. I used to have a giant one of those, and I still do in my garage. So that's what these things are. Now, Tyler, you were saying that they don't fit modern consoles, so go. Okay, so these are like my favorite shelves. I love them too. Like my main shelf in my living room is a five by five shelf of these. But I think they're really bad if you want to store a lot of video game consoles. Because first of all, they waste a ton of vertical space. So they probably are at least twice as high as they need to be. So you can, but you, you can, can buy a middle shelf. Yeah, you can buy. Yeah, you can buy a middle shelf. Getting those custom ones is expensive if you're getting them directly from IKEA. You're probably gonna pay like four times the price of the shelf if you get one for each little cube. But whatever, fine. Let's say the price is no object. So the size of the cubes. All right. So I already said it, it won't fit your Atari 2600. No Intellivision, no ColecoVision, uh, no Odyssey. Uh, oh, man. No Sega CD with the, the Model 2. I don't, the Model 1 probably fits. That's okay. You should just buy an XI and they fit in there. Uh, yep. No or Sega Master System. So there's a ton of like these longer consoles that don't fit Master in there. Master System 2, you'll be fine. Also, yeah, why no do you own a Master System? No, no, I do. Master uh, looked up anyway. <laughs> yeah, you should just buy a base converter and plug it into your Genesis. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, um, anyways, yeah, go exactly. on. And so then uh, the modern consoles, a lot of them exhaust from the sides, like the Xbox 360 or the, the PlayStation 3, I think. Uh, and people like squeeze them in and it's like a perfect fit in their little Calyx cube. And then there's no intake and no exhaust. It's just not great. There's If you had thinner shelves that don't have vertical sections where you could just make everything fit nice and perfectly, it would be such a nicer fit. But everyone gets these stupid cubes and they put 16 shelves on a space that could probably realistically fit like, you know, 25. And I don't know. I just think it's a, a waste of space and they're not ideally sized for consoles. And meanwhile, I'm using them, but that's only because I only have like eight consoles hooked up at a time. So I'm going to I'm going to come in in the middle on this. Uh, I think they are good for some consoles, but as Tyler said, like modern consoles I don't love them. And please be careful with the way you vent things. I don't know why people I, I I've seen the thing you're talking about Tyler and I don't know why people don't understand airflow and why that's important. Not to like just for fires, but for the life and health of your console. Like let the air flow through it. Um but yeah, like if you're just putting like a Nintendo uh, a model two Genesis and stuff like the basic console, like re retro consoles, like you're probably fine, but some of these big ones, they, they aren't going to fit right. Or what you do is you mount your TV and then you take those bigger ones and you put them on top and that's better for airflow anyways. Yep. Or you just so. don't play Atari 2600. 
Well, Shut also, up, what, Stefan. What, what TV? What TV are you even plugging that into? Uh, and again, if you want an Atari, hey, you can just go buy that flashback Atari flashback on the uh, Xbox or the PlayStation or the Switch. You can just carry those around with you. Cool. So all speaking of uh, not playing Atari Twenty Six Hundred, just don't hook up all your consoles because if you haven't played it in a year, you're probably just never going to play it unless there's like that one game that comes around, in which case you could drag it off the shelf. I don't understand the obsession with hooking up every single console you own. Well, uh, I understand a little bit if you think you're going to play them, but back to the shelving thing. Those cubes are really good. You can because you can get fairly creative. You can paint them all different colors. You can paint and do some interesting things with the cube. Again, go to Pinterest. You will see people who have done amazing and interesting things with those uh, Calyx or Expedit shelves. You can see all that. If you're not going to plug them in to anything, then cool, and you just want it for decorations for your consoles, that's great. It's a great way to display them, but necessarily plugging everything in, I don't love it. Also, those shelves, because they're open at the back and the front, get super dusty, and I don't like that. that so that's my big knock mm. on those. Stefan, any more stuff in your game room you want to go about now that we've had this mini fight? No, I think I'm okay. That I think I've got some other like collecting specific stuff, uh, but yeah, nothing, we'll, nothing towards the game room. We'll we'll get to displays yeah, yeah. and uh, lists and stuff in a minute, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about mine. Um, people ask me very specifically. IKEA is a is a good friend of mine. I like to go to IKEA. <laughs> There's a brand called Besta, and they don't make them like they used to. They used to make this tall shelf, and they they made them tall, and they made them wide, and they were media shelves, and they were beautiful, because they're like eight and a half inches. If you've seen my Super Nintendo collection, my Nintendo games, they're all like sideways. They fit perfectly. They look great. These are those. Uh, my PlayStation games are also on them, so it's Ikea Besta Media Shelves. Right now, they only make them in like two dimensions, and I think like one is 24 inches tall, and one is like 18 inches tall. So you can like stack them together, which I've done for like my PlayStation games, just because I prefer that aesthetic. I like them much better than the Oscars, actually, like 100% better than the Oscars. If I could do it all again, 10 years ago, I would have bought the tall ones that are like seven foot tall. And um, I'm going to say about two, two foot wide. I would have bought those. I would have just bought as many as my garage could store, because that's like literally what every game I owned would be on if I could do it again. And so notably, those Besta shelves, those are a lot thinner than the Billy bookcases, which a lot of people recommend. And it looks a lot yeah. better with basically every video game. Yeah, I, I'm. that's another one. Let's talk about Billy's real quick. Where are you guys on Billy's? Because I'm totally out on Billy's for games. Yeah, I think I think they have a place in the game room if you also collect, like... Uh, game adjacent items um you know just for for miscellaneous stuff i think that uh, i think they're they're fine if you have you know g- you know books or you know guidebooks or anything like that and action figures and whatever but yeah for, for i think they're just too too deep for they're games too deep like they're even deep. like big cases like saturn and sega cd that's what i have on mine just because they fit perfectly in the space i have but it's too deep it doesn't look good and then when people put like cartridges or dvd cases it's just like Oh man, these bookcases are eating them. Well, and then the other thing about those is they don't come like sure they're modular, but they don't they weren't made for that small of media, so they don't come with enough shelves. So then you're like stacking everything on top of each other, and then like it's too deep, or you're, and you're stacking like things in front and on top, and then it's just a pain in the ass to get to anything. So I do not recommend that at all. So we're all we are all thumbs down on uh, Billy's for 
just regular game storage. Yep. Yeah, cool. pretty much. Also, I'm thumbs so, down on uh, all that action figures and knickknacks covering games, man. Um, I like some of it. I like occasionally, like tastefully done here and there. But I, I don't like when I see too much of it. But that's all personal preference. I'm not going to tell people not to to do what they want in that, in that regard. Okay, well, you're wrong. I'll tell you you're wrong. I'll let them <laughs> okay. say they're okay. So there's nothing else like very specific to what I do. I am not afraid, as, even though I just said don't stack games on top of it, like for some shelves to get the fit exactly how I want it. If there isn't, like I found with like PlayStation games, like I have this one shelf and it's like perfect row, perfect row. And then if there was a shelf there, the two rows would not fit. But if I take the shelf out, I can get two more rows of PlayStation games. So sometimes you have to go with function or form over function. So um, I, I went with, you know, just needing that extra space. So I, I extracted a shelf just so I could get that extra row of PlayStation games. And that's a thing you sometimes will make concessions for. So I'm not afraid to do that. I'm also not afraid to experiment with my shelves where, where the holes are. I will drill my own. Some of them have like these little brackets. The Ikea ones have brackets that the shelves actually sit on like a, like a plank and like, it's supposed to be down and like, uh, there's like a little cutout for it to sit down and really secure the shelf. One of the things I will do on some of them is rotate those up and that will buy me an extra like half an inch of breathing room, uh, in between games to get like custom fits. That's the biggest thing I can say is. Whatever the configuration is on the shelves, know it's not going to be perfect for your games, and don't be afraid to manipulate that space to get the best look out of your games. Like, use the things that are available to you, like Oscars, Besta, all this stuff. Go use it, but don't be afraid to customize it a little bit, too, if you want the best look and the to optimize how much storage you get out of it. And I think that's really it for my game room, because everything else is, we've talked about if you're upgrading your shelves, so say you've got like all these terrible $25 Walmart shelves, which I do have a lot of still. Um, if you're throwing those out, keep the shelves because you could just cut them down and use them as extra shelves. If you're getting like an Oscar or some other thing, uh, I do that all the time. I have so many hacked shelves in here cause I always need more shelves than come with the units. Oh, really? I have like a stack you could have. I literally am, am overflowing. Oh no, I have with a bunch so many too, extra. I've I'm thrown like, so what many am I going to do with the these? Shelves? Yeah, yeah. I have like a hundred Oscar shelves just because again, they're they're meant that those 1080s are meant to to store rows and rows of CDs. So when you're storing DVD cases or larger, then you don't use all the shelves. And so after after twelve shelves worth of that, I uh, I have quite a few extra Oscar. You shelves. should build your own shelf out yeah. of those. That yeah. would be cool. Uh, you should just build as many shelves as you can. <laughs> like see see if you can get a whole other Oscars out of that. Oh, I'm um, sure. Uh, Okay, so that we've talked about basically how we how we house our games and stuff, but Tyler, um, we don't always display everything. Like that's one of our big takeaways. You don't need to display everything. You I, have limited I'm not space. strongly into that philosophy because I wasn't for my almost entire life. Well, you but you got there. I did. That's I ran out of room. I like actually ran out of room in, in my. And that's the thing that will house. happen. Like will you. You have, like, unless you have more money than uh, than we do, which is totally reasonable. You can have, like, unless you're like Last Gamer, though, who can just uh, keep affording to add space and buy rooms, or unless you've done it custom. If you're still in the process of collecting, 
you will repeatedly run out of room. Like when I was doing this, I started out like buying these little small media shelves. Let me know if you guys have this experience. I was like, huh, I ran out of room on this shelf. I'll go buy one of these big Atlantic Osters. I probably won't ever need more room than that. Mm-hmm. And then like four little shelves that I'm like later that got thrown away and then two more Oscars. And then I got to the point where I'm out of room on the walls and I don't want to build in. So what do you do? Um, you don't need to display everything. So box it up. You can do that. I know it feels bad. So you're like, oh, it feels the question so is, bad, Johnny. Come on. It, well, let, let, let me right. let me go on a little. So if you're just going to box it up, then you can ask yourself one of two questions here. Um, or a couple of questions. Won't limit it to one or two. But do you need it? If you're willing to, to box it and you don't want to display it, do you need that crap? Is it time to get out of that? Or are you just waiting for more space? So if you don't care about it, maybe that's a good opportunity for you to say, all right, I need to get rid of this. Or maybe you're rotating displays in and out, which is not a thing you should be afraid to do. Like you don't always need to display. Like uh, for me, I don't always need to display my N64 stuff. I've considered like just taking that out and displaying something else in there. Like you can freshen up your game room if you have that. You can bring displays in and out. Consider it like a seasonal thing and that's nice i kind of do like moving my games around from time to time because then i get to pick up collections and like look through them and go through that process i enjoy that so if you're gonna box them up don't don't necessarily be afraid or like consider whether you should get rid of them but there are better boxes not all plastic tubs are created the same most plastic tubs are garbage because they've got rounded corners rounded corners and uh, Oh it's God. even worse than that. They they round at the bottom corners and then they V out. And that's yeah. and they're so cheap though. You can go to Walmart and get like a giant tub for like seven dollars, but it's got it's like this angle and nothing will ever fit in it nicely. It's a trap. No. Yeah, and like it's a trap I fell into and I'm um Tyler has a better alternative. But you have to be willing like if you're gonna box these and this is something you are considering doing. And it's stuff you're going to keep, Tower will tell you about the right boxes to buy. But yeah, these things are made like that so they can dump 20 totes into into each other and put on a shelf. Because uh, can you imagine, like, how would you display, like, 30 plastic tubs? What would your warehouse space have to be? So obviously they make them so they can fit into each other, except for a few companies. Tower, tell us about the right boxes to buy. Uh, I, uh, well, I have recently come into this problem because I didn't run out of space until like maybe one or two years, uh, two years ago, probably. And I just decided like, all right, all the modern stuff's going away. PS2, Wii, I have so much of this crap taking up shelves. I never play these games. Um, and after shopping around, every box has these stupid rounded corners and that's like the main problem. And then also most boxes are too big. So I don't like, I like to still have the ability to pick boxes off the shelf and if i did need to find a game not have to like dig through a giant bin that's stacked three deep so uh what i found is the really useful box the 17 liter uh one which it's called is, the really useful box that's the brand name yes uh, okay. and they are expensive. just so everyone's clear it is yeah. 16 dollars for a box that holds 40 dvds which if you do the math is probably the most expensive per game thing you will buy for storage you can actually find them a little bit cheaper on Amazon, just as an FYI. Okay. I usually get them from uh, Office Depot because they got uh, coupons every once in a while. That Well, that's a good tip. Like, if you're going to go buy these, use a coupon because Office Depot will throw those out to you. Yep. And so these, uh, so if you 
put the games one way, it stores 40 DVDs like perfectly. And if you put games the other way, it stores three rows of CDs, however many that is perfectly. You know, 40 DVDs, that's a good amount to like carry around and not, you know, have these giant heavy boxes. Because you don't think about it, but when you put like 200 games in a box, those boxes get pretty heavy. And then the, the other thing about these is that uh, you can stack them from the floor to the ceiling and they will be stable because they, they lock into each other really well. And a lot of cheaper boxes don't do that. Yeah, it is actually my plan to upgrade all of my plastic tubs that are out in the garage with these. Uh, but one one tip I do want to just take is the, the like the other thing with the storage tubs, like that 3D, that's the worst. Like if you're going to buy them, like Target has these long flat ones that will fit like a DVD. Like you're going to still have to deal with the sloping sides and they're like $9. I can show you a picture if you need it. But you can fit DVDs in there that stand up relatively well. And then you're just one layer, but they're big enough where you can fit like a good number, like almost a hundred games in there, like 80 or something. At least you can see all of them. So you open up the top and then you can see everything that's in there rather than trying to deal with like, I wonder what's below these four rows. Like, don't, don't do that. That's a pain in the ass, especially if you ever plan on looking at that stuff again, you will get discouraged. Also, you can keep them nice and alphabetical this way. If, uh, if that's your thing. Nope, these are all shoved under Anyways. pinball machines. I'm never looking at my PS2 and Wii uh, stuff again unless I decide to play Super Mario Galaxy 2. Well, but then you'll know where it is and you can see it easily. And that's the point, right? It, it, I would spend use. more time alphabetizing all that crap than I would ever spy, if, uh, save by actually searching through stuff again. It takes a long time to alphabetize stuff, man. Yeah. That's just, really, just put on an audiobook and do it. And just, you know, dual task yourself. This whole conversation has just made me want to like walk into the garage and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, you guys, uh, well, everyone on the podcast knows I just had this baby, right? So I just had my son and I had like the spare room that I had my GameCube collection and stuff in. And I had this other closet where I had all of my Xbox games in and I had to move all that stuff and pack a lot of that stuff up. So it was like... Ugh, I just went through this process. I would like to, like, I kind of want to light my whole garage on fire and then forget I own anything that's in the garage, except for the Christmas ornaments, because I, I do, like, those are pretty well organized, and my wife would stab me in the face if I did that. If only you knew anyone who wanted to buy your GameCube set. <sighs> oh, yeah, if only. But I like my GameCube set, and it's actually still displayed. <laughs> but it's in the shame room instead of the game room. Do these objects bring us joy, guys? We should probably just take they this do. all nope. down to Goodwill. No. <laughs> do they spark that, joy, well, whatever the word is? The, my Wii collection does not spark joy, so feel free to make offers. Well, it's not complete yet. Just wait. Just yeah, give it a it's, year. yeah, it's only like 1100 It's not. I have not bought a Wii game in over a year. I think it's almost two years. Oh, my God. How terrible. I think, yeah. I think my 3DO set sparks the most joy. That's why I keep it center in the room, because I just look at it and go, hee hee. Yeah, <laughs> that that's oh, there's what so you many do. rare games that people don't know about in there. <laughs> oh God, I'll stab all of you! All right, and that's how the podcast ended with me murdering Stefan <laughs> and Tower. Okay, we are. God, why are we always so long? You were like, let's keep it under an hour, guys. I'm like, no way, Johnny. I, I would like to. Yeah, it's never under an hour. What, let's talk about. We we talked about these uh, the really useful boxes, and they are really useful. I bought like two just to test them out and see. Like how much I like them. It they are expensive, but I I think they're worth the money. Uh, 
if that's the route you're going to, like, if you're ever going to bring them in and out. But let's talk about, like, physical displays. We talked about a little on that, like, note of not displaying everything you have and not displaying all of your anime figures with all of your games. But uh, you guys got anything, any other tips for physical display? Yeah. Do we want to talk at all about box protectors? Because it strikes me sometimes how few or how many people don't actually know those exist. Yeah, we'll talk about it. What do you want to say about box protectors? Uh, buy them? They exist, and you should buy them. Yeah, so you can buy their like polystyrene uh, box protectors that, like, when I, when I say box protectors, like the actual individual game protectors, uh, they make them for just about every console in both complete inbox and cart only configurations for carts a you know they keep things nice and and dust free and protected but also that's one thing i wanted to mention when johnny was talking about stacking games on top of games if you are worried especially for cardboard games if you're worried about any damage from stacking them putting them in a box protector adds a significant amount of stability uh to those games and uh and so that will help alleviate that also, they tend to make games that aren't necessarily in the best condition look uh, in much better condition than they actually are because they will kind of score out the corners and uh, and hide a lot of the the defects in in the boxes. So yeah, there there's a hundred bajillion different manufacturers. Generally, the the two variants are uh, ones that you that come with a like a plastic film on them that you have to peel off. Uh, which is annoying, but uh, at the same time, those also tend to be a little bit thicker. So uh, those are often good for like system boxes or things that are exceptionally rare, that kind of thing. Videogameboxprotectors.com is one. Uh, guys, collector, do you, you got anything? Collector Protector yep. is the other who we're, who we're friends with. Yeah. So and, anyway, there, there's a bunch of places you can get this. If you go to Collector Protector, uh, that's with a K. Um, he's got all the system ones and he, yeah. he does a lot of work on getting like weird systems. Like he's working on getting one for the virtual boy. I was just helping him test that out. So like he, he goes deep on like systems and, and getting the box sizes right and stuff. So yeah, there, there's a, a bunch of, uh, box pressures you can get from him. And as Stefan was saying, even with like junky video games, it makes them look better. Or if you have an exceptionally beat up box that like, doesn't sit well and you can't do the flat iron press that like Tyler does to to make it look better throw it in one of those and at least it he, it will that box will keep its stability and keep everything in there yeah so. so Johnny the second I bought that t-shirt press I basically just stopped buying boxes that weren't like eight out of ten or better so it's been a real oh, yeah. great investment <laughs> <laughs> good job Tyler maybe you can resell it um maybe you should demo it for people you should you know, do a maybe retro gem a miner gem episode miner. on on what yeah. it can do. All right, yeah, you can not just mining those gems, but ironing those gems. That's a good idea, so. Johnny. I'll have to find a really <laughs> so, screwed up game. Yep. So what? Let's talk about um, something else real quick. Bags. How do you guys feel about bagging everything? Because I know a lot of people do this. I don't do any like. If you want to bag your individual components. Cool. They are there are bags in these places where you can buy and bag each individual component. I think it usually makes most games like if we're talking Nintendo games too thick and too heavy. So I don't bag all the individual components. Um, what are you also, talking? Also, I see talking, a lot of people. What are you talking? Like about? the plastic like, bags where they the like bag their instruction. Where they oh, where they bag the manual what? and they bag the cart. So it's a complete box in a game, box. but they have in the box ba a bagged yeah. manual. Yeah, that I'm not into that. Crazy. What? 
So yeah, I've seen people where they just have like their boxes and carts bagged on a shelf. And it's like you've walked into that living room where you're not allowed to touch anything. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to get to that. So, like, I see a lot of, because there's not, there wasn't at least a box protectors for PlayStation 1 games for a while or CD games. Yeah. And now they're starting to show up. But there was always these bags. So, I have like a dozen or so PlayStation games left that are like in these goddamn bags, which I guess if like you're a store, that's cool and keeps them protected. But they look like shit on a shelf. Like, they catch glare, they're awful. That is the one notable thing I will say about box protectors, too. For pictures, it's awful, because they'll pick up any glare. Yeah. So, if you're Instagramming it up, and you want a really nice shelfie, and you've got everything in a box protector, uh, just, you gotta get your lighting right. Also, box protectors for CD jewel cases are kind of a pain in the butt, because they're so small. Uh, Those flaps are so small, it's difficult to keep them down. That annoys me a lot. I'm with you on that, as I have a few games that I put in those, and I was like, this is a great idea. I wish all my double, like, you know, the double PlayStation games? Yeah. Or it was like multi-disc. I wish all of those were in protectors. I would like that. I have some. But I haven't got... You can have... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. I will take those. Okay. And, uh, like, there's Lunar and Ark the Lad. There's one that fits Lunar 1, but it doesn't fit Ark the Lad or Lunar 2. So I need that, that size as well. Need to find those. Okay, um... Last thing about that. Let's talk about color coordinating, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, wh- let's uh, let's have this fight. Okay. So, <laughs> and not just color coordinating, but like alphabetizing and stuff. Tyler, you you started out on that and said, you don't alphabetize and everything. Do you? Well, I want to. I'm just lazy. It, it takes a lot more effort than it seems like it would. Okay. But you are pro-alphabet- alphabetizing I'm pro-alphabetizing it, except like... Uh, the only thing is like, except in like the, like Sega CD cardboard games, I would keep all of those separate and then in color order. And then I would alphabetize just all the blue cases. So sometimes I do something yeah. like that. Yep. I, I do the same. I did alphabetize my cardboard ones and then not like put them in the middle of the shelf. I like to keep uniformity in my alphabet. Yeah. I alphabetize. And also I like, to like keep uh, it con- the Sega Genesis, specific. I split the red and the black cases and the mixed red black cases. And I, I would just alphabetize those individual sections. Yeah. And my set is like that, and so is Stefan's, I know, because I helped him put it together. And that's the only reason it's like that. So we uh, yeah. started with alphabetization. <laughs> alphabet, alphabetiz- I, I can't say it. But we started with that, we went immediately to color order, because that's what really matters, that immediate <laughs> impact of the colors on the shelf. Yes. Uh, well, it can create a striking visual scene if you, uh, if you have your colors mismatched or if you have them nicely organized. So... It seems like we agree that some consoles, it makes a lot of sense to color organize. Like, I don't think it makes sense to do that with uh, NES, right? Like, there's a smattering of colors. Though I did take out all the black box games and all the Konami games and all the Capcom games and put them in their own area and the Jalco and the Tengen games because they're all uniform colors. And then everything else is just a mishmash. Oh, that's funny. I just realized that all of my licensed stuff is in alphabetical order, but then when it comes to unlicensed, I have to keep it all together. Like, you know, all the Color Dreams games are together. All the Tengen games are together. Yeah, you kept them by publisher. I mean, who would, who so would that's separate a... the Tengen games? What kind of maniac does that? I did. Well, no, I mean, like, that, who would uh, keep oh. them in, like, a mixed thing? I don't I don't know. Uh, people do. Some people, it's all just, it's the Wild West on their shelves. And it's a little bit different if you're card only. Too, because then it, it displays a little bit differently. Um, not the Tengen stuff, because obviously the, all the black cartridges. 
But where are you on that, Stefan? On for for Ness, let's go Ness specifically. Yeah, I was going to say the I turbo think, graphic fight. Yeah, I think it does depend entirely on the console. Um, I don't think it makes much sense with Ness. I mean, like if you wanted to split out the the like black box or whatever, then 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 that's fine. But at the same time, if you didn't, I don't think you would notice, right? Because there's just not enough of them that I think the the distribution of the of the black boxes among everything else wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you would. It wouldn't. Your eye would not be called to it immediately, like like it is with like the sea of black and red boxes for Genesis or something like that. Right. No, I agree. And but the nice thing about putting all the black box games together is then it does bring your eye to that area rather than not bringing your like if it was just all mixed in, you wouldn't notice. Same with the Konami games. But if you want to bring your eye, if you want to bring someone's eye to it for display, then you are calling out. There's enough of them to make people pay attention to them if you want to. Stefan, do you have the black box games complete? That's probably where the differentiation lies. No, all all my NESF is or almost all my NESF. Yeah, like if if, if they're all complete, it would make a lot more sense to put them together because they look cool. It's a moot point for me because I store my boxes and games separately. Because I'm crazy. That's so weird. Well, I why, I, why? I don't want to open a box every time I have to play a game. That's crazy. Just buy an S Classic. And you'll oh, never have to God. open a box again. No, oh, the Retro yeah. Gem Miner reviewed it. It's apparently <laughs> terrible. Uh, yes, uh, the the Retro Gem Miner's video on the NES Classic is hilarious. And for people who don't understand parody or sarcasm or any of that, you should watch that video and then read the comments. You get a lesson on it. <laughs> read the guy who commented um, five times about how he hates me. Yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. Uh, anyways, check out the Retro Gem Miner. He's a friend of the show. So let, let's talk about Dreamcast. There is only two colors, well, three colors of cases for Dreamcast. Yeah. Orange, which is the greatest hit stuff. Black and white. Color coordinate them or not. Uh, Tyler, you weigh in first. <laughs> All right, let me go look at my Dreamcast. Show. I can't even find it. Where I don't know where my Dreamcast games are, Johnny. I've got like 15 of them, and I'm sure they okay. are just in a random mishmashed order. Okay, but you've seen pictures yes, of them. Yes, uh, I mean, organized. I saw Stefan's shelf and I was immediately repulsed at how he could possibly <laughs> own every Dreamcast game and not separate them by color. Actually, I, I honestly don't care. I don't think I don't <laughs> think it looks too Who cares? It's I think colors. it looks like someone threw up threw up a barcode on a shelf. Honestly, and, if uh, they were uh, It's awful. I just don't feel like there's enough of them that it matters. Like it's just like such a like it's not like an NES set where you have a just gigantic sea of games. It's just it's what two rows, three rows, three rows, I think, and uh, it's just not it's not a big enough. There's not physically enough of them that I think it makes that big of a difference. You know, so if I had them I'm with gonna... all my other jewel case games, because you got the PlayStation games, it's like all black, and then you've got like the Saturn imports, it's all black and white. So then, if you also kept all your black Dreamcast games together and all your white Dreamcast games together, it can make that entire shelf look a lot better. So I'm, I guess I'm with Johnny that I would separate the two colors. All right. And I'll, I'll throw up a picture of my, my Dreamcast set and Stefan's and we can let people uh, weigh in on that. Okay, cool. Dogs are freaking out because someone came to the door. Awesome. So sorry if that's picking up on the mic, everyone. You know me. I'm always going to color coordinate if I can. Staying on the color organization topic, uh, Turbo Graphics, everyone should separate out those orange games. Uh, I don't care if you rainbow order the other ones. Rainbow ordering the other ones is cool, too. But, man, those orange labels need to be in their own section. And I do the same with PC Engine. I, I sort, like, the the red, blue, green, whatever types of CD labels are. Those all have to be in their own sections, too. And uh, Stefan agrees with us there because all of his are color organized. Because Johnny did it, and I'm not <laughs> about to reorganize it. <laughs> yeah, uh... 
yes, I organize mine by color. You don't have to. The color there kind of indicates what type of game it is. So if you were looking, people are like, how will I find things if it's not in alphabetical order? It's the TurboGrafx set is like a hundred games, guys. It's not a very big section. Use your eyes. Just look. You'll be fine. How will I find it? I don't know. Spend three seconds. That's my response to every time like I separate out a section. People are like, oh my god, you separated those, but how will you find anything? Start a stopwatch next time you think you won't be able to find a game and see how yeah, long it just, takes you to find that game. <laughs> yeah, you will. it'll be harder to find if you don't alphabetize it, okay? So if you just keep everything separated and alphabetized, you're like, oh, it's an A game. It can only be in one of two spots. Huh, where would it be? Oh yeah, well, right here, here. It's not hard, not hard. So all these people who like can't believe you've put it all on color. How do you find it? And then none of their stuff is alphabetized. They want to give me these comments. You guys are crazy. Get out of my life. <laughs> okay. Um, so we are we all kind of in agreement that we like color organization. That it can create, even if you don't care about it, it can create an interesting display. If you want, like maybe it's fine to mishmash them. You don't. It's not something we're telling you, you need to do. But if you want to bring your eye to certain, if you want to bring people's eye to certain areas in your game room. Color organization is a way to do that. Yeah, and some people even just like separate out the colored N64 cards or SNES cards, and I think that looks pretty cool, yep. too. And, Johnny, there's one more color yeah, topic I, I that, like that I think we need to touch on. Uh, maybe the most okay. important question of this entire show, and uh, we should all be in agreement here because there's only one answer, and that is, what color do your N64 boxes have facing out? Oh, yeah, uh, gold. Stephen? Gold or yellow. Uh, I don't have a dog in this fight. I literally yes, you do. No, you no have to look at your shelf. You've, you've chosen whether it was unconsciously or not. I don't. They're all they're all card only. What do you want me to do? Oh, okay. You really okay? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only answer is yellow. Freaking red people and blue. Any color but yellow. What are you doing? Yellow. It's always yellow. Yeah. So here's what I don't understand: people who go tall with them and show the green edge. So weird. That's weird. It's so weird. Takes up so much space. Also, why are you going tall with those cards? Well, really, every other uh, every other box stands that way. But I don't know for some reason the N64 not Super box Nintendo. Has to stand. All right, Boom, fine. Blow up your you argument. win. <laughs> Three seconds. <laughs> you're like you're, you're like breaking the... my brain here. But okay, you got to keep yeah. that. You got to keep that silence in there for. It's for funny because my SNES games are right next to my N64 games, and they're like exactly the same. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> so here here's the. Here's the pro tip for everybody. If you take NES, Super Nintendo, and N64, they're all the same size if they're all sideways. And Nintendo did the nice thing and put the name on the top so you can display your Nintendo games sideways instead of standing. Oh, shelf space so that's the thing you tip. Can do. Yep, that's what I did. So a lot of times people don't realize I have like a NES set sitting back there. Like, oh, what games are those? I'm like, oh, those are Nintendo. Like, oh, huh. Because they're on their sides so anyways space saving tip and then that makes them like more uniform to like cd size so it's it starts to look pretty pretty uniform i like it here's a thing i do want to bring up uh, back to box protectors real quick if you have cart only n64 games and you find them hard to store or you want to put the end labels on them i'm not a super big fan of sticking stickers on any carts ever but if you just bought the little boxes that uh, fit N64 carts, you could then put that label just on the box and then put those on the shelves. And then 
don't have to put a sticker on your game, yep. even if it's like a vinyl sticker. Good way to spend so. another $100 you don't need to on your card only N64 Look, set. if you were... Oh, <laughs> oh, are you worried about money if you're buying an N64 set about wasting money? I mean, probably, because <laughs> what's the reason you're collecting N64? There's only one reason to collect it. It's cheap. It's not even that cheap anymore. That's what I'm saying. You're already wasting money by owning N64 games, so you might as well spend that extra $100. Make it look nice. I have my labels so just on the card. Also, it, it's fine. Also, it will protect your games. Look... I'm going to just send you a few and test it out and see how much better you like it. I think I have a few. Because it doesn't increase the size. Like, it it doesn't increase the size much. You're going to like it. promise. Anyways, so there it is. We talked about all the organizations for the physical stuff. But now let's uh, let's touch briefly. (laughs) At the one hour and 12 minute mark, let's switch on over to how we actually organize our collections and catalog it. Well, well, we've talked about, like, on the last episode, we kind of talked about cataloging and, and stuff we use but i want to use more we talked about list we talk about lists all the time like have a list and and make sure you know what you're buying so you don't double buy but let's talk about how we actually do it because i think we all kind of do something different um go ahead tower what do you use well I, for a long time i really wanted to use these apps and websites i used rf generation for a long time i tried to use collectors uh the problem is a lot of them come with these built-in lists that aren't correct or aren't exactly what I want. And then the problem with like RF generation is like, you can't just make a change to the website. You have to like basically submit a ticket to have a change made. So if there's a missing game or something you don't agree with, it's like a multi-day process to get that fixed. And just to give an example, cause I just looked it up. There's this game Snowcross two on Xbox uh, and it's still on rfgeneration.com and it doesn't exist. And so when you go to like your collection analytics, it would be like, Oh, you've got a 97% Xbox collection. It's like, well, you know, I, I I don't count that greatest hits thing. That doesn't really count as part of the set, and that game doesn't exist. So I gave up on on websites and apps. There, it's too much manual work for me. So I use Google Sheets, and there are three boxes. It's do I own the game? What's the title of the game? And notes. And it is so simple. It takes about two seconds to enter any game I could ever want. And I just have uh, each console organized into its own sheet. I don't even track the completeness of games. I just assume... All my Nintendo carts are card only and like all my Sega games are complete. And if it's not that I make sure it is complete before I enter it in the list. Uh, you should just have Ada help you and just make it better. <laughs> you know, she'd put an extra column on there for like, it doesn't take that much more work to go. Uh, then I got to okay, start entering like three for, boxes for like, Oh, cart yeah, insert cart uh, box. Yeah. yeah that's that's or, too many things to enter. It's just X. And then the title of the game. It's wonderful. No, just, ugh. So anyways, I, I think I think that's like the tried and true method, Google Sheets, um, you know, Excel. This is what people have been doing forever, and it's like cheap. It's it's no expense, and you can customize it all you want. So that's super nice. So where it falls down a little bit is pictures. Like if you want to know what the game actually looks like, then that doesn't work. Uh, though you can actually, like if you took individual pictures you can create a hyperlink out of the title and have it like point back to something if you really want to get crazy we did that if you're putting in that much work i would just use collectors uh yeah i put in that much work when we did the cardboard set like because i I wanted to keep track of and i had other people submitting pictures so i was keeping track of it that way and it's a huge pain in the ass um so but if you were if you were doing it in a shared environment that's where that would 
uh, benefit you rather than collectors. Though collectors, you, it does allow you to share your collection with other people. You can give them a, a link and they can go check out your profile and all of your stuff if that's something you want people to know about. Is that like a subscription service? Why do I vaguely remember that being a subscription service? Um, no, they, they have a couple of different models. Um, I, so I guess I'll talk about what I use. I use collectors, uh, and it's really dumb because it's called collectors with a Z at the end. Like it's like 1999 here and Z's are where you put at the end of all words now to make them cooler, uh, (laughs) really dumb. And I hate it, but it is a program that I've been with for a long time and I like it because it's very customizable. Um, and they, they do have like three fronts. So they have just a program you can download uh, on your computer. It's like $40 or something. They've got an app you can do same thing and that's like a different download and different payment that you can make them talk but they don't need to and then they have like a web-based one which again all three of these things can talk to each other or function by themselves um and then the web one is a subscription it's like i don't know i want to say like 15 dollars a year the program is nice and the app is nice because once you buy it it's done you own it forever if you like the version they're on it will always be that but they do update pretty continually throughout the year so they're always making it better uh and doing bug fixes and they're they've got a team that's been around for a while so that's nice that you know they're they're a program that isn't just like hey i decided i would just make an app all of a sudden because i'm some guy and i want to i i know about you know unity and i I can make this real quick you don't have that here this is like a, a thing that's been but you will spend a little bit more the nice thing about it is fully customizable so in the search you can put in a game and you like you pick your console, you're like PlayStation. I want to say that I own, you know, Silent Bomber or whatever. It'll come up and it'll bring a picture up, and you can tell it whether that picture is correct or not. Or you can say, okay, this picture is not correct, and then do an image search, and it'll do very quickly like a Google image search, and then like show you a list of images, and then you can pick the correct one. Or if you want to go through all the effort, you can take pictures of each one of your individual games and then link it back to that location either on a hard drive or on a web space and it will do that and display it all very nicely you can add custom columns so you it basically acts like a huge google doc uh, essentially or a sheet or excel in that it lists everything you can tell it price it does have like a, a price back to uh video game price charts price charting um, so it will link back to there and it'll either tell you loose or complete prices. So it'll kind of give you an idea of value, but you can also add like, this is how much I paid for it. This is how much I think the value is now. You can add the date. You can say whether you've loaned it to someone. It's a very robust program. And again, if it doesn't do those things natively out of the box, a lot of that stuff you can just add yourself by learning a little bit about the program. So that's the nice thing about it. And, um, the list is very robust. Like, there's very few games on it that I've like put in that it hasn't found. So that's the other nice thing because it's got a, it's all of its users are continuing to upload into it, which makes their database more robust. And Anyways, does it, it tracks like variants and all that kind of stuff? Well, you can it. So when you put the game, like I pick, um, let's say I picked uh, Mario 64, and then a lot of if. It's on there. I'm like, okay, Mario 64. It'll say Mario 64 greatest hits. Or if it wasn't there, like the greatest hits version, you just choose Mario 64 again. And then you like, you've got other columns. Like I have a, a box I made like for variant that says, okay, check. This is a variant. 
and then like what the subtitle of that is. So it's like variant greatest hits. So I, I can track it that way. And so I can filter down to what my variants are if I need to. Neat. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good that way. And then like I even made boxes like, cause it didn't track individual components. Like there's a button for like, Oh, is this complete or not? And like, it's also got another one for like, Wait, date it you actually it doesn't track individual components. It, does now, but when it first came out, it, it did not. Okay. Let me amend that. So, um, like, you could just be like, oh, I've got the cart. But I added things like poster and strategy guide and um, pre-order bonus. Because some games came with, like, pre-order bonuses. And I'm like, how do I mention that I have this pre-order bonus? And so I made my own custom boxes for those. Yeah, so that's all on useful. just a separate sheet in my Google Doc. Right. Cool. And you could add all those columns. That's the great thing about a Google Sheet. It's the Wild West. You can do whatever you want. But if you want something that's there, like collectors, and uh, Stefan will talk to you about another program. But it's also got, like, then you can do a visual visual display. So it'll, like, create a bookshelf of all my games. It'll create, like, a, a jukebox spindle where it'll, like, spin through all the cover art. It'll do all this kind of stuff if, if you care about that. If not, then, you know, it's just a, a good organizational tool. I like it very much, but I do find uh, upgrading every year or whatever to be kind of tedious, so I usually don't. I usually upgrade like once every two years and just pay them again. Uh, I find it valuable enough to keep giving them money. And use that barcode scanner, right, Johnny? Scanning barcodes. That's the way to enter games in the database. They do have a barcode scanner, which is dumb. Uh, But dumber than that is any program that's like, just take a picture of your cart and we'll tell you. You're like, okay, cool. Why why would I do that? It's so much faster just to type. Segway. Yeah. Segway, Stefan. Yeah. Segway into GameEye. Uh, GameEye is a, a program that I was using for a while. I actually have since stopped, and, and I'll talk about what I actually use now. But GameEye, I, I tend to like programs that are very well supported and, and have a lot of uh, response from the developer. And uh, credit to the guy, and I, his name escapes me, but, but credit to the guy who... Uh, is the developer for a game I because he is out on the forums and on Facebook and in groups like chatting up people and like he's really good about going out and like finding pain points in his software and addressing those so it it is a lot of ra- uh, rapid iteration on that program so if you do use it you know get get used to the that cadence of, of getting new feature sets all the time the w- one reason why I stopped using it and I think one um, and and Tyler touched upon this a little bit. The database is probably too user-driven to the point where it it gets sort of a wild west up in there um, where you can just, rather than sort of the opposite of what Tyler was saying where he was, his his program, you had to like submit tickets to get anything changed. You don't have to do, there's no bar for entry for changing the database that GameMy uses. So you can have like some of these games have like three or four different entries and it's all just like minor spelling variants or just errors or just like, Oh, some dude threw a tilde in there for no reason. And so like, that's frustrating because there's just, you know, you just want to have a a clean, uh, concise experience and you're sitting there sifting through, you know, Joe blows iteration of 10 yard fight because uh, they, they just, they, they stuck it in there for for no reason. Um, 
So, so I think user-generated databases that aren't maintained by an administrator get a little cumbersome because you do just have so many people uh, blowing up uh, listings that are just superfluous. So, ne- but now I just basically use the game value now. Uh, web interface. I know we talked about the last week about how that's not the most complete contextually, but they do have a notes field. So anytime I'm like listing a variant or something, I just add the game again and put it in the notes as to to what the variant is. Um, I like the game value now interface again, because the, their developers are very active, but also because they link to the game value now da- database rather than price charting. Um, I've never been a huge fan of price charting. Personally, I think it's a little I think it's a little bit shady that that database is owned and operated by a game store. So yeah, I, I, I prefer to go with game value now when I can. And, uh, and they have directly addressed my feature sets uh, previously where I was like, Hey, I really want this feature. And then he'd be like, hold on a minute. And then I'd refresh and there my feature would be. So, um, so they're really responsive and you know, there's, there's, there's workarounds to, to them not listing everything on the planet. You can just add things through notes and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's my that's my current solution. Nice. So wait, Stefan, is there a can you do anything with GameEye from a computer, or do you have to have your phone to do anything? I've always just used my phone, but oh I did, when, when when I think when entering things through a database, you can you can use the PC. Oh God, I hope so because like when you're entering like a hundred games, if I had to do that all on my phone, I would just chop my fingers. I would give up. Find a new hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Yeah, I honestly um, haven't. I haven't been um, in into it for a little while now. I've used Game Value now for some time. Okay, so those are like some programs we use and use whatever uh, we run the gambit there, right? Of of what we use, use whatever you think is best for your collecting situation. Most of these programs have export features, so you can export your list out into other programs if uh, if it's being cooperative. You can get several different file types. If you know anything about exporting files, you'll be okay. If not, it's a Google search away on how to do that. But a lot of them have just like a straight text and you can just copy it and then paste that into Google if you want. So don't don't be intimidated by that or just stick with, uh, you know, your basic Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet if that is more your style. There's a, a lot of options for you. That's how we do it. We all do different things. And um, they each have their own caveats of, of uh, pros and cons and what might be better for you. So just choose the best one for your situation. And uh, that's our recommendation there. No, no straight out. Like this is the thing you should be doing monitor by your, by your individual preference. Uh, Okay, guys, I think that's it for organization. Unless Tyler has anything else, Tyler. I've been thinking of something, but I don't know. I was like trying to think of like, what did I mess up with organization when I was first starting? But like, I don't know. There's not really a terrible way that you could, manage your own video game collection so yeah i'm with I you th- do whatever i think the only terrible way is not right like not yeah. organizing your collection is a horrible horrible thing because I, I i like for me personally even when i am tracking like i just i told johnny the other day like despite the fact that i i kept a very tight list or at least i thought i was keeping a tight list of my dreamcast collection i still had a dozen games that i bought twice uh, so it, when I was starting out and I wasn't really tracking too heavily when I was doing uh, my Super Nintendo set, I would sometimes buy games three, four, five times. So Man, that must be so, real tough when you have eight games in the mail at any given time for the same set. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So really, the only way, the only bad way to track your collection is to not track your collection. 
and the only bad way to organize it is not to organize it because a bunch of games on the floor looks terrible. Like a bunch of like if you only have like a hundred video games and you put them all on one shelf, cool. But like I see people who have a few thousand games and it's all just like mismatched chaos pile on like random shelving or just like on the ground, literally on the ground. I it gives me anxiety. Yep. When I see it, I'm just like, I can't look at this. Please don't post that on Instagram. And shelves are the uh, difference I mean, between a collector want. and a hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that enlists. That's, that's how you. Uh, that's how you fight off being a hoarder. Just so you guys know, don't be hoarders. Be collectors. All right, uh, guys, let's move on to the second half of the show. What did you guys buy? And what did you play? If anything. Uh, Stefan, why don't you tell us? Tyler, go first. Oh, my God. Okay, Tyler, go first. Jesus. <laughs> uh, we talked about where in the world is Carmen San Diego for uh, Genesis last week, and a guy in Nintendo Age reached out to me, so thank you, SNK2D Forever. Uh, he gave me a really good deal on a complete big box, where in the world, and then he also gave me four other games that I need for my Genesis set, which I'm only like seven off from, so four is like a huge number to knock out, uh, and they're all super cheap. Real happy about that. Thank you. Does he listen to the show or how did he find out? Yeah, he listens to the show. He's like, hey, you need you need where in the world's Carmen San Diego? That's hard to find. I got it. And then he throws out a price that's like probably like a third of what I was willing to pay for it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't care what condition it's in. And it's in super nice condition. Well, that's awesome. Uh, thank you very much. What's his name again? Shout him out again. SNK2D Forever. Johnny sold him a TurboGrafx game once, I think. Uh, yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. And I, he was active on Segage. Uh, for a bit. I don't know if he still is, because I'm not that active on Sega Age right now. But then, to be fair, no one's that active on Sega Age. Wah, wah. Oh, <laughs> that's sadness. so true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, that was that's awesome. I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah. Uh, the other games I needed were just like bullshit. I needed uh, Art of Fighting, uh, Shut Up and Jam 2, Head on Soccer, and World Heroes. But, I mean, I couldn't find them. That Head so on cool. Soccer. That Head on Soccer is hard to find. Dude, fi- like, he gave it to me complete like, five bucks. Really? Complete yeah. box? Oh, what a sweetheart. Shipped it so he didn't charge me for shipping. He shipped it in a box, everything individually bubble wrapped. It was it was a real that's nice a experience. Give, that's a man you give a hug to when you Oh see yeah. Him. Yeah. You earned yourself a hug, sir. So are uh, you playing anything? You want to tell us about that? Well, and then I bought uh one I bought one thing oh, on eBay more. this whole year, Johnny. It's been 3 weeks in the year. I've only bought one thing on eBay. That's like a world record. I bought uh Mystery World Dizzy for the NES. Nice. I thought it was going to ignore. I ignored all those stupid Kickstarters. I'm like, fuck these guys and their stupid prototypes. And now I'm going back. I'm like, I should probably just go get those Dizzy games. <laughs> uh, so I need I need the other one too. Fantastic Dizzy. Whatever yeah. on that. Uh, and the only major thing I've been playing, I think, is the is Adventures golf, of Lolo. Go, go, and Golf It? Well, no one cares about Golf It because no one knows what it yeah, is. It's... Golf is an excellent game. I stayed up till eight in the morning playing Golf It, <laughs> making my own course. But, uh, it's like $8 on Steam, guys. You want a good uh, mini golf game that's like Power Putt Golf in Arcades, go play Golf It. There, There's that. Stefan, you ready now? Yeah, so speaking of sweetheart deals uh, from fans of the show and friends, uh, so uh, VG Collectaholic on Instagram, who uh, runs a podcast, uh, Masters of Unlocking, um, he reached out to me uh, a, couple, a few days ago and was like, hey, I heard you talking about your Odyssey 2 collection last week on the podcast. I have two of those games. Let me send them to you. And I'm like, great. What do I owe you? And he's like, nothing. So uh, so shout out to VG Collectaholic. Um, we talk actually about him uh 
pretty frequently because he's awesome. But uh, but yeah, he just he just sent me a couple Odyssey games that I needed for for uh, to complete my set. Two two of the four that I'm missing. So thanks, man. That was super awesome. And and you didn't have to not take my money, but you didn't take my money. So there you go. So wait, are you just missing both Imagic games now? No, I'm just missing. Um, well, now because I bought. Um, I bought uh, Spellbinder today. Um, I'm just missing Atlantic or Atlantis. All right, and one just sold on eBay. Woo! I know. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I think it was hundred dollars a really good price, even deal. before I bought that stupid one. So, <laughs> yeah. So for guys who aren't up to speed, the one that sold, uh, it's the Atlantis sold for hundred dollars, and Stefan blames Tyler for making you guys aware of that game. So he thinks. One of you guys probably bought it out from under him, and it's the last one he needs. And I encourage also, that behavior. Keep doing it. Also, for making people feel like five anything less than five hundred dollars is a good deal. No that one will ever well. spend five hundred dollars for that game again in the history. Of- I know, but <laughs> now that you did, they'll spend a hundred dollars all that day. That game's been a hundred dollars. It's been like a top two Odyssey game. There's not many rare Odyssey games. People either need Power Lords or Atlantis. So even back in the the olden days, that was a pricey one. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I also bought uh, just uh, my love of my love of Star Fox runs pretty deep, and I love just whatever ancillary Star Fox product I can find because there's not a ton of it. So I ended up getting this really beautiful condition, uh, 1994 Kellogg's uh, Cornflakes cereal box that has a Star Fox comic and maze. It's like a full full back panel uh comic on the back and it's really cool because it's uh drawn by the same guys that did the uh the the legend of zelda comic for nintendo power back in the day so it's really high quality art uh so i was really into that um oh and i picked up a uh super famicom version of illusion of gaia because i love that game and the cover art is far superior to the u.s game and all of that is uh up on my instagram so you can check that out yeah i want to actually do an episode where the U.S. box art is better than the Japanese art, because I'm always like, why did they get so much better art than we did? So, yeah, um, I want to do that episode one day where we pick. Like, okay, let's try to think of one, and then we could do the episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to. So, just mark your mark your That's calendars. A good, put it in the ideas list. Original Legend of Zelda. There's one. Yes. Yep. We'll do it. I'm going to like. We're just shouting out other people, so I'm going to continue that. So, uh, Cecil Dredge on Instagram, he is sending me a Harry Potter Philosopher's Stone uh, for the PS1 because he heard us talking about that and he is in Canada and he was like, he reached out and said he'll help me out find some uh, Canadian versions because I went through that whole thing. I told you guys where I found all the stupid Canadian variants that I want to get. I want to get also the game clown on Instagram is also helping me out. He reached out as well and it's, let me just get his name spelling right it's the dot gvme dot clown on ig so he reached out also in canada and said you know kind of help me out get this stuff because shipping to the u.s like if you look at just like a playstation game sometimes they want to charge you 20 dollars shipped for a playstation game here which is insane to me but that's the world we live in of, of shipping and stuff where when ebay sets the shipping price you can get these crazy prices so people who are you know, in Canada have uh, reached out to help me and those two specifically. So thank you guys. So I'm, I'm getting a Harry Potter philosopher stone. The only other thing I really bought is I bought some more PlayStation games. Nothing, nothing worth noting. There's not like, 
oh, I bought this cool PlayStation, PlayStation game. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I bought a, another collector's edition pack. I'm up to nine out of eleven now of of the collector's edition three packs. Are any of those Hooray. rare? Because I've um, literally only heard of like three of them. I didn't realize they're like Disney's and all these other ones. Um, you don't want to mention it because you're looking rare. for them. No, I mean I almost have all of them. Oh, uh, here's one that I got that will excite Stefan. I got small box D for the PlayStation because he's got the biggest D on right. the 3DO. And, I do uh, love I do love finding about new sizes of D. Yeah, so there is a jewel case version of D for the PlayStation. Uh, most people have the long box version. The long box version is usually cheaper, but there is a jewel case version, and I, I finally got that. Even though I have the long box one, I, I like to get the jewel case variants when I can. Uh, but we'll talk about jewel case variants and from Longbox Games on another episode that we have planned that Tyler definitely did not want to do today. Um, so he made me not do it. And what we're do doing you, we had so much debate of what this episode was going to be. It was like, just like pick a topic, man. Come on. No, I, I had sorry, to pick it. <laughs> I just gave you agency. That was it. I like I like this topic a lot because I got to say a lot of things, and I don't know that I just have as much to say about the other that, episodes. That's true. No, I also uh, when when he brought up the idea of doing the organization, it's the new. It's like right after New Year's. It's a perfect time to talk about organization. So I, I thought it was a, a better episode for this date, and, and then that's less downloading on info I have to do for you guys. But I have all the research done. So hooray! Um, anyways, that's what I did. I played Mario Odyssey some. So I went and I got a few moons and I made sure I got like the second ending of the game. And now I'm done with Mario Odyssey. I'm not doing the full moon run on that because that's insane. Yep. That is exactly where I ended up with that game. There's too many moons. There's too many that are just like BS. They're just like kind of there. Yep. If they were all like Super Mario 64 quality moons, I would get them all. Yeah. But a lot of them are just like fetch quest. Like, oh, run over here. Like, it's oh, just like there's okay. one just like on top of this pillar. I don't know. Way to get up here. Yeah, well, some of them are, like, cool to find exploit, but some of them are just like, really? I, am I going to chase this rabbit around again? Yeah, they made I, a I game. I chase this rabbit around every game. They made a game with 500 moons, and it was probably pretty cool, and they're like, dude, we need twice as many moons. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so I think I wound up at, like, 400 moons or something, but, um, yeah. I, I like that game a lot. I do think the ending is a little bit messed up. Uh, if you've ever seen the ending... Um, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't, but yeah, the the ending has uh, uh, got an interesting moment in it. Anyways, that's what I bought. That's what I played. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Guys, do you? I don't think I played anything. I literally played no video games. That's fine. Video you were dealing suckers. with other stuff. Yeah, You were dealing with plenty this week, so. That's, that's fair. Don't store your Game Boy carts in binders. What are you doing? That's my final thought on this episode. Oh, that is stupid and wastes space. I'm I'm okay with binder storage. If you just do card, um, put them all in a folder and put them in like card nine pockets, I'm cool with that. Or people use those Zippo display cases that rotate. Like, wow, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm really space conscious, so I just think of that and I'm like, wow, way to make 48 Game Boy cartridges take up the space of like a pachinko machine. Well, then you should be really into the binders. I'm really into just throwing them into a drawer and I have like little cards that uh, alphabetize them. But then the perfect to display and you can like see and sort them easily. I'm okay with it. No, I mean, you don't it need doesn't to, look the best, but you don't need to display your loose Game Boy carts. They're loose Game Boy carts, man. Shove them in a drawer. <laughs> that's right. our final tip for the episode. Only use LED lights in your game room. Okay, that's our final tip in, your, in this episode. Seriously, though, only use LED lights in your room. Yeah, what are you doing? Fucking get on it. 
Yeah. What are you monsters? I've got an yeah. incandescent and, light. Right. Are you talking about uh, the IR radiation or, or UV radiation or what? Also, put film on your windows. What yeah. are you doing? Oh my god! Put film on your windows, guys. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much, guys. Where can we find you, Tyler? Well, you could find me trying to drag this podcast on for another twenty minutes, but uh, default Jen on Instagram, default G E N. That's default J E N. Uh, bringing it back. Yeah, nice. I like it. Yeah, and Stefan. Uh, on sometimes YouTube, but more than likely Instagram, Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N 1981. Okay, and you can find me at Ayuchi. No, not it's not a dot, it's underscore. Johnny underscore Ayuchi on Instagram, Ayuchi and other places. But uh, yeah, Johnny underscore Ayuchi. There it is. That's all I got. Okay, bye!